G'day guys and girls and welcome to the Extended Ventures first podcast for 2020. My name's Christian and as always I'm joined on the other side of the desk by my mate Matt. Matt, it's good to be back buddy. Oh, I am pumped. We are, at the time of recording, three days away from the Marsh series starting. I know, I know. It's, Footy it's is awesome almost time. back. Drafts are happening at the moment. I mean, realistically, you shouldn't be doing most of your drafts until about, you know, towards the end of the Marsh series because you want to see some of these guys in the preseason. But everybody is getting ready for their salary cap teams as well. We're doing all of our research at the moment. So it's awesome to be able to jump back into some fantasy footy podcasting. Um, look, what we're going to do hmm. is we've been keen to get back in. We were trying to figure out what we wanted to focus on. And this podcast, well, this podcast series, I should say, Mm. we're going to be looking at salary cap for 2020. So we're going to be breaking it up. This podcast, the very first one, will be focusing on the fantasy defenders that you want to have in your team during the first weeks of salary cap. Actually, we should probably even take a step back. These are the fantasy defenders you want to keep an eye on during the Marsh series. Yes, yeah, that's, so th- that's a good point. Effectively, this is our watch list this, for the Marsh series. 100%, because a lot of these guys, we've sort of got that little earmark next to, yeah. to say that, look, these are the ones that you're probably going to want into your in your team heading into 2020. Um, and we're also going to name some of the duds, some of the people mm. that we just don't want anything to do with heading into the season. Yeah. So, having said that, I'm always a sucker for some preseason <laughs> hype. So you never know what will happen between Absolutely. now and the uh, now and the start and of the, the season. season opener. So uh, we're going to focus on the defenders in this podcast, but throughout this week, we are going to be releasing podcasts focusing on the midfield, the forward line, and of course the ruck line. So yes. let's jump straight in and focus on the defenders, shall we? Yep, let's do it. All right. So let's talk about some of the primos first. Yes. So, um, lot, so the premiums, obviously, look, you're going to be paying big bucks for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But these are the guys that realistically, if you're paying this kind of dollars for them, you're expecting them to be in your team at the end of the year. Yeah, you, this is your best bet on the top six defenders for the end of the mm-hmm. year. So you're trying to nail these guys. Set and forget. Don't worry about them the rest of the year. If they lose money, doesn't matter too much so long as they're still top six end of the year. Yeah, exactly. And I've got, uh, just to a little bit of housekeeping here, I've got mm-hmm. a little asterisk next to some of the premiums for the defensive line. Yeah, is is that because some of them it's difficult to tell if they're primos or mid prices? <laughs> yes, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. But also, the other reason is because there's so much mid-price value in the defensive yeah. line this year yep. that it's almost like you can save a little bit of money to get those guys that are going to make more cash yes. into your back line. Because a lot of the guys that are mid-prices, I still feel are going to score very strongly in the back line. Yes, and interestingly... So this time last year, there were about a million mid-price midfielders you could look at. Oh, yeah. But this year, there's really none. Yeah. So you're probably going to want to go guns and rooks in the midfield. Mm-hmm. And to free up the cash for that, mid-price is in the back line. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll quickly go through the premiums because these are some of the guys that maybe you'll want one or two of just to be, be as safe as you possibly can in the back line. So um, some of the guys that you might look to, uh, well, let's go to the obvious one, Jake Lloyd. Yep. I mean, realistically, you know he's going to be in the top six defenders at the end of the year, barring injury. Mm-hmm. So if you want, you can bring him in quite comfortably at the start yep. of the season. I will be passing on him to start the beginning of the season Me because too. I think he's a little overpriced. I don't think he'll quite reach the heights of last year. He'll lose a little bit of value and then you can jump on later. I think he'll stay roughly the same, which means yep. realistically... I'm not talking a huge amount, yeah. but just he'll drop a little bit. Enough that I don't want to pay premium for him at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he averaged, what, 107 last year? I still He's probably going to go between 100 to 105 Um, again I agree with you I think he might lose just a little bit of cash 
it's not going to be enough where you would say definitely don't start with him at the beginning of the year. Mm. But, again, I would recommend saving the money rather than going someone like Jake Lloyd. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, so my first guy is I'll take Jack Crisp for seven hundred and twenty-five grand. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I again, I think he's a lock for top six at the end yeah, of the year. Yeah, uh, he, so he averaged ninety-seven, ninety-eight last year. Yep. Uh, twelve, twelve hundred plus games, mm-hmm. three one twenty plus games. I think he's a set and forget type guy. He, oh, had he was massive last four year. Four and five game runs of a hundred plus last year, Oof. and I think at an averaging ninety-seven point seven, he can pretty comfortably make that again so I don't think he's going to drop in value agreed um, I think he's probably going to sort of plateau around the same place so perfect for that set and forget yeah um, D1 100% um, another guy now I know we're, we might have a bit of an issue here <laughs> okay uh, because we've disagreed on this guy in the past but I've got Zach Williams as someone that you can comfortably Ooh. start at the beginning of the year interesting now, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll let you argue against it, but let me just go the four because yep. he showed so much last year. And yes, I understand that some of that was being put through the midfield, which he won't get those minutes, but mm-hmm. they will be relying on him so consistently out of the back line this year. Shaw is not getting any younger. I think that Zach Williams will be taking quite a lot of the kick-ins uh, that Heath Shaw will give up this year. Uh, and I, I just think that the progression there as a halfback... I think he'll push his average from 93 last year closer towards that 100 this year. I think we'll be looking at somewhere between you know 97 and 100 as an average, which firmly puts him in top six contention. Uh, based on that as well, he is slightly undervalued at the moment. So I think you can pick him up <laughs> slightly cheaper than he will be valued at the end of the year right now. See, I disagree with almost all of that. Yeah, So at 688,000, averaging 92.7 last year, uh, 13.9% owned. I reckon that he was good last year because he got those midfield minutes. With all of the stacked midfielders coming back into the GWS Lineup. Mm-hmm. I think he's just going to roll back onto the halfback flank, and he's not going to get enough ball to hit those heights again. Interesting. Looking at his scores from last year, he had three, four, seven hundred plus games after round thirteen, yep. which probably coincides off the top of my head with around the point where they started trialing him. He wasn't getting the full-time midfield minutes, but he was starting to be sort of trialled in that role. Yeah, he was bit. moving towards a little bit more yeah. midfield time because they had so many injuries. Prior to that, he had two, 200-plus games. Mm-hmm. So obviously 100-plus games isn't the be-all and end-all, but I think it just, in that halfback role, particularly with... I mean, realistically, who else have they got there? They've got the aging legs of Heath Shaw, who again is going to go much further backwards this year. They recruited a guy who's coming in to take that exact role. I like that, but he's not going to play every game this year, and he's not going to be as prolific as you think straight out. I don't think he's going to be prolific, but I think they're they're going to want to get the ball in his hands. He's going to do an Adam Saad type role. Yeah, every every now and then, which is going to mean that. They're going to get it to him, so he's just going to run with it, which is t- going to take away possessions for other halfback guys. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think Williams is going to have a good year, but I think he's more of a draft guy than a salary cap guy. Interesting. So I again, I think he's going to be a firm top six defender at the end of the year. So is this is this right. one of our big calls that we'll do? We'll save uh, that for a pod in, later. Heading now. into the season, all right, I'll, I'll bet a uh, six pack with you there, mate. Um, <laughs> 
All right, so another guy that I just want to quickly touch on, obviously, I mean, we all know him, we all love him, Rory Laird. I mean, yeah, he was one of mine as well. Safe as houses, right? Yeah, 22.5% owned, 719,000. Had a bit of a down year last year. Yeah. 96.9 average, down from 107 and 104 the last two years before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but still eight tons over the course of the year. I reckon he's a, a potential bounce-back contender this year. Yeah. Not by a huge amount, but just enough value that he's probably worth jumping on now. Now, I, I, I again, like I completely agree with that. So he might go up a little bit in value by the end of the year. He, Not a huge but, amount, but yeah, just but enough. He's getting him a little undervalued. He's going to score very consistently for you while he's in your team, which is something that you want as the bedrock of your your you know round one team. Yep. You want you want some consistency there because you're playing so many more rookies than you will be obviously towards the end of the Absolutely. season. Absolutely. The guy I'm looking at too, if you want to point a difference, Brody Smith, oh, only two point nine percent owned. But at 646k, if they keep rolling him through that wing midfield type role, which mm-hmm. he did get towards the end of the year, um, then I reckon he's the chance to make a little bit of money there. I'm not so, so sure about Brody Smith because I'm again this is a March uh, series wait and watch. Absolutely. If they're playing him through the midfield during that time, yes, 100 percent in. If they're not, and he's looking not at playing halfback, not touching him. 100 percent agree. No way. 100 percent agree. Um, have you got any other primos that you really want to fo- no, put the spotlight that's on? It. Because the other ones we're looking at premium price are like Tom Stewart's. Caleb Daniels, I think they're more draft guys this year. High-end defender draft 100% players. agree. Um, you don't want to start your salary cap season no. with And I actually guys. think that Tom Stewart has, is peaked. I don't see Agreed. any further progression for him score-wise. Agreed. Uh, I think they'll want to get the ball a little bit more into the hands of Jordan Clark yes. uh, next year, uh, this year. And I think Jordan Clark should be playing halfback rather than a wing role like he did last year to sort of learn the ropes a bit. Agreed. Um, okay, so... Mid-prices? Let, yeah, let's move on to some of the mid-prices. This is where a lot of the yeah. juicy players are that so, you can pick up. I'm just going to name a couple of obvious guys. Yep. Um, Dan Houston. I know that. Uh, 35% obviously. owned. Sam Doherty, 51% owned. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan Robertson, 40% owned. Yeah. I don't really want to talk about any of them. I don't, I don't really want to focus on them too much other than saying, you. for me... You almost have to start with Doherty and Houston. If yes, Doherty's agreed. playing round one, you have to have him in your team. Otherwise, you will not be competitive. Just flat out. Uh, same with Houston. If yep. Houston is playing midfield, you have to have him in your side. It's just, there's no other yes. way you're and going to... And every sign points towards Houston playing midfield. Yep. Doherty, don't expect the scores he was pumping out before he got injured, mm-hmm. but at his price, you can't go past him. At his price, if he pumps out like 20 points less or 25 points less he's even at a 90 he's still happy. making you tons of cash and Robertson is an absolute march watch and wait yep. if he's playing then he's too cheap to ignore exactly for him it's it's a case of he's either healthy and playing or he's not healthy and he's not playing he's almost a slightly overpriced playing, rookie isn't he yeah if he's playing you're playing him yeah um, the other guy who only has 4.1% ownership is Hunter Clark yeah very um, interested by Hunter, Hunter very Clark. interested um, I'm surprised his ownership's so low, actually, to be honest. He's got he's got the real mark of a breakout. This is heading into his third year. We all know yeah. what the third year breakout does. Um, he, he showed great signs toward the end of last season, and he showed even better signs with the new coach stepping into the role. Yes, agreed. So, and I think that coaching transition is going to really help Hunter Clark out. Yeah. He's playing a really fantasy-friendly <clears throat> role back there, isn't he? He is. And my um, big knock at him for his first couple of years was his composure and his ability to... Um, I guess, um, 
how to put it, uh, the speed of the game. I feel like he struggled a lot with the speed of the game in Absolutely. the first couple of years. Last year, we saw him towards the tail end really it, 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 like clicked for him. Yeah. And I think he's just going to take that next step. This I think year. it was trying to find a role as well because he was sort of uh, earmarked as a you know maybe an inside midfielder for a lot of his uh, his like underage the one thing the Saints don't need exactly they've got so many of that sort of player that that slow type player but mm. he does have really good decision making skills yeah. so he and his his uh, his kicking abilities are definitely up there I wouldn't say oh, they're, yeah. they're you know they're not the top best notch, in the team. But they're above average yeah and and that decision making uh, you know is is something that you can't really teach it's an ingrained. Uh, ingrained thing so just watching him play is fantastic oh, it's great. I'd yeah. love to have him in my team and another one to quickly mention mm-hmm. you and I are right on the bandwagon with this guy as oh, well oh yes so a quick plug is this guy we talked about for the uh, the Draft Doctors podcast it is yes uh, so this is uh, Connor Blakely so Connor Blakely is an absolute gun when he's on and when he's fit I mean we saw what he did a few seasons ago uh, he had those back to back 90 averaging seasons with several hundreds in there. I think one of those he had... Uh, 15 about t- or 13 yeah. or something ten, ridiculous. It was 10 scores over 110, I think, during one of those runs, which yeah. is absolutely outstanding. Uh, now, obviously, he had the injury issues last year, which really mm-hmm. hampered him. And plus, it was the, the role change. He was played sort of in that halfback role coming back from the injury. I mean, everyone expected that he'd progress to full midfield, and it was probably looking that way up until he did it. Was it an ankle, I think? Yeah, yeah. A I bad ankle, ankle injury. Um, this year, though, he's fit and he's not getting any love. So I think he's going to fly under the radar. He's only 2.3% owned. That's just ridiculous. And at 555,000, he could be a real point of difference. So if he gets that midfield role we're expecting, mm-hmm. potentially alongside or ahead of Brayshaw and Chera, because he's got the bigger, more developed body, yep. then he could really explode this year. No, I'm really, really hyped on Connor Blakely. And and just like you say, he's undervalued because of the poor performances last year when we were expecting that midfield breakthrough. Yeah. So, yeah, he's really someone you can bring in your, to your team with a little bit of confidence this year, I think, because he does have the body right in this preseason. Yeah. Um, so, like we said, look, maybe maybe one of the reasons his ownership is so low is because just of the wealth of other mid-prices in the defensive line. There's True. so many. There I mean, are we, a we lot just, of them. We just named five there that you could realistically start in and your team. And that's not even really digging too deep into no. um, lists at Ex- all. That Ex- was, yeah. E- exactly. So, again, I think, uh, like we said earlier, you have to start with Houston and Doherty, at the very least, if they're both playing. So Because they're just going to score so healthily, and they're going to be so consistent, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and they're going to make you a ton of cash. Absolutely. Anyone else you want to talk about? Uh, not particularly. I think we're. I'm pretty happy to move on to the rookies because there are a few defensive rookies who mm. are going to be massive. I think for fantasy this year. So absolutely. I, I think the obvious one that we got to talk about is Hayden Young. A hundred percent. He's lock and load. Everybody should have yeah. this kid in their fantasy side. Yeah, two hundred fifty-eight k, forty-one point three percent owned. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a reason for that. Yeah, a elite kick, great composure. Uh, a pretty good intercept mark. Yep. He's, he's going to play round one, you'd think. If, he, if he's not injured, he's playing in round one. It's, yep. He's exactly what Frio need. A elite a kick. skillful kicker. Yeah, skill- I've got that in my notes. Skillful kick coming out of the halfback line. because <laughs> Bring you know, something different for Frio. Exactly. Talent. <laughs> <laughs> it's rare. It's rare for Frio. <laughs> But, yeah, so, I mean, I, I just think this kid is going to be gold. Yeah. Um, Apparently, he has been killing it in preseason drills as well. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit higher priced as well, obviously, being taken in the top 10. 
but he's there's a reason. Yeah, there is a reason. Um, uh, the coach loves this guy. Um, he's going to score healthily in the back line as well because they're going to want to get it into his hands with some plus sixes. Or I think that he's going to take a fair few kickouts as well. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Those plus I think threes. Maybe not to start the year, but once he gets accustomed to the game and the decision-making yeah. at the top level, it wouldn't surprise me if t- further on in the I year... I mean, who takes the kickouts, honestly, for Fremantle at the moment? Liam Ryan or Nathan Wilson? Uh, Luke Ryan. Luke Ryan, sorry. Uh, probably a... Lyon... Um, Ryan. Lyon. <laughs> you screwed up as well, mate. Bad memory. <laughs> uh, probably Ryan or Wilson, yeah, I'd say. Ryan or Wilson. So uh, Either just to bomb it long or to run yeah, off with it. And a 100% Hayden Young is better a much option. better distributor than either of those two already. Uh, yep, before agreed. he's even played a game. Uh, so, yeah, you've got to start off with Hayden Young. That's for agreed. sure. Agreed. Um, another one. Look, uh, this one's a little bit more left wing. Um, and obviously he's left a march. wing, left field, left wing and left field, both of them. I don't know. Off <laughs> to a great start on the first podcast. I um, uh, got a bit of rust to work off. Exactly. We've uh, with a March series. Wait and watch um, mm-hmm. is uh, McLennan from Gold Coast. Mm, now, if this one. guy can get a debut at 170k, he's a very highly rated youngster, yeah. and he's he's another one of those sort of halfback flankers that uses the ball very skillfully yep. and that the team will want to get the ball into his hands. Yes. It's, it's something that obviously the Gold Coast have lacked for <laughs> quite a while. They've mm. lacked that skill coming off of the halfback line and that distribution. Uh, and I think this kid could help give it to them. Yeah, I mean, Harbrow's not a bad distributor and he's kind of been their go-to off halfback, but he's getting a bit on in years. He's losing a bit of his pace. Um so I can see them wanting to sort of transition someone else into that role. Yeah. Lacocious they used a lot as a distributor last year yeah, as that well. That was odd. I honestly thought I that actually he was quite liked him in that role. Yeah, I quite liked him good. in that role. Yeah. Um, not a salary cap watch, no, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent convinced that he's going to be their go-to guy out of defence, but I think he's definitely. No, I think he's someone that they can use and develop in a yes, role. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. So if he's playing in round one, he's someone that I want in my side at 170. At that price as well. 100%. Exactly. Exactly. Who have you highlighted for the defensive rookies, mate? Um, I've got uh, so so watch and see for the marsh. I think obviously a lot of the rookies are watch and see this because guy... if they're not playing round one, you don't have them. It's just yeah. as simple as that. Um, Tom Williamson from Carlton. Yeah. So, 2017, played uh, 15 games for fifty, an average of 51.3. Then he had two years of injury and played only two games last year. So, he's really under the radar. Everyone's forgotten about him. Yeah. But Carlton really rated him in 2017. Mm-hmm. He's only 1% owned. At 251k, he could come in with that mature body at pretty, pretty much like a high-end rookie price. Absolutely. But, He's it's, got AFL experience as well. Again, it's just whether or not he's playing in round one. I, another, another I one genuinely is, um, don't know if he's best 22. Yeah, um, uh, Stasevic from the Lions. He's another one who, depending yeah. on how Archie goes fitting into that backline role. Um, and virtual. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't see Stasevic starting I can, the year. I can see him being a downgrade option midway through the year. If he gets a game, though, round one, would you have him in your side? No. No? Interesting. I would. Because I don't think he'll hold his spot. Mm, interesting. They um, recruited Birchall for a reason. They recruited Archie for a reason. I'm not convinced Archie's going to break into the team either because yeah, he couldn't make the best 22 Archie's at Gold Coast. Archie's a very interesting one. I don't know how he expects to break into a team that has, you know, that was top four last year, essentially. Yeah, when he couldn't um, get a when, game at when, Gold Coast. When he couldn't get a game at Gold Coast. It's, yeah. And Although, he, having said that, that might have just been because Gold Coast fucked up his development. Oh, as they, God. 
have done in the past for some players. With so many players. Not, but, not just with some. But yeah, I, I'm not convinced Stasovic holds this spot if he starts round one. I think he's potentially a downgrade option through the year mm-hmm. once maybe some injuries and attrition have hit the side. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll be interested to see some of the players that you know get that sort of introduction in the Marsh series. Yeah. And... It, again, you've, it's just a wait and see with a lot of these guys. Um, yeah. I mean, we've been fooled before by people who get last-minute call-ups to round one games yeah. um, and then play that one round. Mm. Everybody gets them in and don't play a game for the rest of the season. Yeah, exactly. So c- we, we mentioned Lockie Ash briefly already. Um, he's Very 17% one. owned effectively at 264k. Mm-hmm. Worth looking at, um, but he is a bit more expensive. The other one um, that I've got down here is Will Gould. Yep. Uh, I think he's a real chance to play early in the season for Sydney. He, he is a lock for me if he's playing round one. Yeah, because he's, he is, he's a built like a oh, unit. He's a booming kick as well. Yeah, he, he 21% owned. A lot of other people agree with us on that. Yeah. Um, I really like him. I think if they play him early, he'll hold his spot because he'll have the body to, to withstand the rigours. There hasn't been a whole lot of... Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's preseason news coming out about everything and everyone. Mm. Uh, but there hasn't been a whole lot of... You know, word from the Sydney camp that I've seen about Will Gould, you know, absolutely not busting the yeah, door down. Because no. we his have heard tank of, has been was his issue during the under 18s yeah. from memory. I mean, we've heard about uh, obviously um, uh, Stevens. We've heard about Warner as well, the yep. young kid there. Or um, at least I've read a few articles about those as well. two as rookies. But I haven't heard too much about Will Gould. So again, mm. wait and watch on the Marsh series. <clears throat> Agreed. Yep. That's the majority of the rookies that I really wanted to cover, unless Same, you had yeah. any more. No, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think those are the ones to really put a mark next to for your uh, uh, your March what series One watching. One more guy, uh, Trent Rivers, 208k, mm. 9.5% owned, not going to start the year. No. Downgrade option mid-year, potentially, when if there's injuries hitting Melbourne. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, But um, a lot of talent, so if he gets a Guernsey midway through the year, mm-hmm. um, have him on your watch list. Yeah, very, very interesting. Um, okay, so... We may as well get into some of the insulting ones uh, because these are the guys that I want absolutely nothing to do with throughout 2020. Yep. These I, are the avoid guys. Even, you know, unless they lost a lot of money and were so cheap, but even then, they're guys that have screwed us over in the past yep. or, or guys that um, the, I feel are a little bit past it um, the, or they've reached their peak already. Yeah, at the very least, they're guys that you are avoiding to start the season. You might jump on them Better way to later down the absolutely. year. Absolutely. Um, so, have you got your number one? Hooley's the obvious one. Yeah, I, I, he's on my list too. 766,000, averaged 103 last year, 11% owned. This is his peak. He Absolutely. He's not going up from here. He is dropping away. He's, what, 31 this year, I yeah, think? Yeah, he's, he's not young. He is he's not young. He's had calf injuries for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, the soft tissue old man injuries are kicking in. They've got some other guys coming up short. They want to get more ball to him. Yep. They did coexist last year. Sydney Stack, we're not sure where he fits in, whether he's a forward or a defender or even a wingman. Yep, absolutely. Hooley, I think, will be good again, but he's much more of a draft guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play full years. He's at a high points-wise. Yep. He's going to regress. Well, he's 31. He's turning 32 this year, so that's, yeah. how, that's his age. Um, his averages, his average last year was 103.2. Before that, it was 73. Mm. Before that, it was 90, 93, 86, 79, and backwards from there. So this was, this was <laughs> yeah. one out of the pan for me. This was a great year. 2019 yeah. was fantastic yeah. fully. And he <laughs> smashed it on the way home as well. He really did. He had an amazing year, so don't get me wrong. And I would be looking at him in draft very 
highly. He would, well, he not would very be, highly. He would be one of the high, Yeah, he would be one of the higher end draftees that you would be taking. No, yeah. no question. Having said that, every year for the last few years there has been one elite old defender who has <laughs> just completely smashed it. No, lost it. Oh, like completely okay. fallen way. away the following year. So I've got a memory blank. I can't remember who they were. But <laughs> the last couple of years, there's been someone who's just shat the bed the following year after placing a massive high. For me, this year, it could be Hooley. No, I feel it definitely. I'm hoping not. I don't, I don't think he can go 103 again. McVeigh was one of them. Last year, maybe, I think it was McVeigh. Yep. Shat the bed with injury and poor form and then retired. Mm-hmm. And there was someone else the year before who I can't remember. Yeah, 100%. All right, so um, the other guy I want to talk about quickly here is, uh, and you don't have him on your list, I'm not, I don't think, but Nick Newman. No, I don't. I, I don't want anything to do with Nick Newman at the start of the year. Uh, there's a good reason for that, and mm-hmm. that man's reason, or that, uh, that reason's name is Sam Doherty. Yeah. Sam Doherty is going to come in and take whatever extra points Newman was getting last year at Carlton. Yes. So I just don't see how... I, I almost feel like he might lose or potentially lose his spot. I, I, surely he can't because he was that was good, very last, good year, last year. He was very good last year. But in a, a, a defensive line with Sam Doherty, yep. uh, Nick Newman, uh, you've got... Um, Wietering. Uh, exactly, Weedering there. You've got SPS coming off of a half-back flank as well. Mm-hmm. A half-back flank sort of um, uh, wing roll. Yeah. Um, they've got another um, uh, offensive half-back as well. I'm completely blanking on the name. Carlton uh, Defender. This, yeah, first part of the year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just feel like they've got too many attacking options and not enough mm. defensive options on the smaller end. Marchbank, if he's back from injury. Yeah, Marchbank. Um He's not who you're thinking of, but he's another one. No, no, no. no. (laughs) So, yeah, I I just think they've got too many of those options. Cade Simpson's another one that they will be playing at points this year. He's on my list. Again, is an attacking option. He's an attack. There's Mm. just not enough actual defense there for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I just feel like not only is he going to be starved for points... But at some stage, Carlton are going to look at their team and go, right, I think we need to put a defensive got small to rebalance player. It. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that Simpson will still get games this year he while they're to. trying to teach players. He has to. Um, Doherty obviously will get games. SPS will be playing a little bit off the half-back flank. Mm-hmm. I think Newman might lose points and maybe even game time. Yeah, I can't necessarily disagree with any of that. I can see him... I don't think he loses games but he might move to a different role yeah. they might play him off the bench or maybe off the wing mm-hmm. they could even trial him up forward if they play him off a wing very interesting to watch but they've yeah. got so many midfielders as well and so many potential like I've heard about yeah. um, obviously we, we just talked about SPS halfback sort of wing hybrid role yep. um, you've also got Setterfield I've heard might be playing on a wing you've got um, <laughs> uh, Fisher who might play off a little, the wing Fisher's a little ideal bit. position um, is a wing but they won't play him there they'll play him forward Dow might play off a wing a little bit so he actually gets game time considering the mid that they have in there yep. you know there's, there's a lot of players who could be doing that Mark Murphy could be moved out mm. of the inside the, the Colton best 22 is actually really interesting to see how it structures up Tough because there's predict. a lot of guys who can play who could play different roles and they need to get games into a lot of youngsters so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they line up but for yes. me Nick Newman no to start the year absolutely yep. no I'll segue from that to Kate Simpson yeah so 595k average of 80.2 last year only 1% owned, so obviously not many people are looking mm-hmm. at him. But for pretty much the reasons you were just saying, plus he could also be the guy who shits the bed this year and just falls away. As a, he, was in, he was in danger of being that guy last year, 
uh, and had a late season resurgence, yeah. but he's getting on. I think everybody sort of realised last year that that was going to be Cade Simpson's real last fantasy year, and he mm. was still he was quite strong. You know, he wasn't absolutely you know amazing mm. like he has been in the past, um, but he was serviceable. He was yeah. serviceable enough. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely so- just a mid range defensive draft pick up for me yeah definitely only mid-range but some people do put a lot of um, weight on the how people finish years and their final few games and he did finish the year a lot better than he started last year absolutely but I don't think it all his scores will be replicated Mm -hmm. this year Uh, so another one that I've got on my list someone that I don't want to be touching at the start of the year and probably right through the year uh, is James Sicily so he's got an ownership of 8% at the moment which means just under 10% of the competition have him in their team to start the season just no. Why? I, I get it, yes. Technically, he could be considered slightly underpriced if he can average 100. What, what's what changed think he will? to make you think that Alastair Clarkson, who, don't get me wrong, one of the best coaches going around and mm. the best coach of the past decade by the length of the Flemington straight, yep. but he he's so good at moving the, uh, the names around the whiteboard yep. that you're not... Uh, really confident week to week going in playing James Sicily. I yeah. mean, I, I know there's a lot of talk that with Patton coming in, yep. that releases him from that um, forward role that he played a little bit last year. Two. And with Frost coming in as yep. well, it is Frost, isn't it? It is Sam Frost, up. yeah. He can play the lockdown defensive role and release Sicily a little bit more to be that intercept role. But like you said, he's just so versatile. Mm-hmm. Patton hasn't played AFL for two years. Yeah. And he's had constant ACL injuries as well. So yeah. there's every chance yeah. that, you know, a few weeks... In, and don't get me wrong, no one wishes that for this. And no, when, mm. you know, we hope for the best for, for all the players. We don't want injuries to, to happen to anyone. Yeah. But it's, you know, the, the possibility of John Patton getting re-injuring himself is yeah. quite high. Yes. So, and if that happens... James Sicily could again be swung into the forward he could line. could be a swing and man again. I just don't want that sort of risk starting the year. Yeah, plus there's always the possibility that Sicily will punch someone any, any given week. <laughs> so he, he's not only like a role risk, he's a suspension effect. risk. <laughs> no, it's, it, it is a suspension risk as well. So again, I just, just don't want to start the year with him, to be honest. No. Um, if he shows something, he's locked into that role and he has a couple of hundreds, maybe he's one of the first you bring in with those mid-priced defenders. Yeah. He, he'll be that guy that you watch very closely the first round or two, I think. Absolutely. Did you um, have any other duds that you really don't want to start the year with? You talked about Zach Williams. He's on my avoid list. Yeah, interesting. So I won't cover it again, but We've it's interesting how much we're on opposite views on that yeah, one. Yeah, I really have, have high hopes for Zach Williams, and I know that you're... Again, it's not that you don't have high hopes for him. It's more so that you just feel that he doesn't quite stack up as a salary cap defender this year. Agreed, yeah. Um, and the other one I've got is Tom Stewart. Yeah, again, we, we talked about him a little bit already. And look, I, I think he hit his peak last yep. year. Plateau, um, yep. And I think that there's going to be a little bit more competition in the back line. I think that the talk of... It's very interesting with Joel Selwood in particular as well. So there's a lot mm. of talk about him going straight back inside and playing more midfield time. And I've heard from other sources <laughs> that he might be playing a more halfback distribution line, similar to what uh, Jordan Lewis did to the back end of his career. It's interesting, because I would never have picked Selwood as being the distributor no, type. No, 100%. Not, not, not <laughs> by foot, anyway. Yeah, he's he's been one of the best inside mids for years. And mm. I just 
never saw a transition to a halfback role being no. something he could do. Having but said that, you wouldn't have seen it for Lewis either no, until he did it. So no. and he did very well. So yeah. and uh, yeah, it's it just it'll be very interesting to see what sort of roles the Geelong halfback line have. Mm. But for me. Uh, in salary cap, I'm not too keen on Tom Stewart. Agreed. Just not keen. Agreed. So I think that's everyone we wanted to run through for this podcast. So we'll yep. end it there for now. We'll be back in the next couple of days with our midfielder wrap podcast, where we're, again we'll be looking at the premiums, uh, mid prices, rookies, and also the people that you absolutely don't want in your team to start <laughs> the year. So check out the uh, the extended bench page for all the new podcasts coming out over the next few days. Don't forget to hit us up at Extended Bench AU if you have any questions. It's good to be back, Matt. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. Happy to be here. And uh, we'll catch you again soon. Catch you.